Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is an MC and entertainer, a one-time rollerblader, and owner and operator of the Big Dirty in Eugene, Oregon, KI Design. KI, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. Co-owner and 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 continued rollerblader. Continued. I wanted to say one time because I didn't know if you were active in the rollerblading scene, but I know that it is something you were deeply passionate about at one time. So you are still avid in it. I'm still a strong advocate and diplomat for the rollerblading community. Yeah. I do think that that puts you in a marginalized group uh, in some ways. Oh, for sure. In some ways. You want to talk about oppression. Yeah. So uh, take that privilege. Uh, Anyways. Hey, thanks for doing this. So we've known each other for a long time, but uh, Mm -hmm. not super close. You know, we kind of have, we run with a lot of the same circles. So this is going to be cool because I thought we could kind of get to know each other a little better. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, and I really, really, really wanted to do this in person, but yeah. uh, I felt sick, and everybody in my house is sick. We don't have COVID. I tested, and the stick only said pregnant, so um, <laughs> it, I just we I just wanted to be do the right thing, and I'm glad I felt started feeling sick on the weekend so I can get back to work and whatnot, but here we are. So thanks for being, I'm, you know, on the fly because you had to set all this up, you know, stuff up. This is your like your first Zoom call. Uh, yeah, that's impressive. So, so not anyway. a whole lot in the, in the bar community, you know. Right. Very, uh, yeah, you just manual meet, labor. You just meet in an alley behind John Henry's or whatever. You exactly. see John Henry's. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So tell me about yourself. You've been making music in Eugene for a long time, hip hop music, and then, I mean, you've done comedy. You've done hosted a ton of shows. Uh, and we're going to talk about that at length about your new, you know, it's fairly new venue. How long has the Big Dirty been open? It'll be two years in July. So that's late a, June, early July. So that's you know, it's still in the infant stage, but it's at this point, it's not going anywhere. And I think that's a good sign. I hope, hope, hopefully, that's yeah, not what thanks, we're going to find Matt. out and today. It's a turbulent, it's a turbulent economy Absolutely. in Eugene, as as anybody with a storefront or any sort of, you know, right. And a venue, a venue is tough, but we'll talk about that. But le- before we get to what, you know, led you to leading or to uh, teaming up with a couple people to uh, start a business, let's talk about kind of, you know, touring and doing hip hop music. So are you from Eugene originally or did you, are you an implant? Not originally. I am an implant. I I moved here in 2008 before the great California exodus and uh, I never looked back. So right. I've... I've been here since most of my adult life. I moved here when I was just 20. Right. And then pretty early on, just started making music, doing shows. How did you? So what actually, uh, me and two of my buddies moved up here. We got a job at a Dairy Queen on River Road. And then um, 
we heard on the radio while we were working together, like rap battle at the wow hall. And my friends were like, Hey, we signed you up. If you win, just give us the money back that we paid to get in. Cause it was like 10 bucks to get in or whatever. And I was like, all right. And I went and that's when I met everybody was at a rap battle. Nice. So that was my first introduction into the hip hop scene here. And then, um, from there I developed like friendships with undermind and Brendan Cerebral and yeah, my, my group that formed out of that and Ebb and all those guys. Yeah, and you guys were crushing it. I mean, you guys were doing a lot of free shows, right? A lot of, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, a struggle for sure. I mean, it, making music in Eugene is tough because there's so many artists that, that sometimes the artists are the venue owners and then it's hard. There's just not a lot of money, you know? It depends what you want out of, music in Eugene. I always tell people that like I think that if you're expecting A and R's to come knock on your door, that's right. not gonna right. happen right. here. But you can carve a little niche and you can have fun and you can make a couple bucks doing it. What we did was eventually the architects and I got into running a weekly at Lucky's. Right. And we did that for like seven years when nobody was doing hip hop anywhere else. We were bringing people like Chino XL and Quell and uh, Blueprint and Open Mike Eagle and all these, you know, at the time, mid-tier underground hip-hop acts through a town that they'd normally skip and go to Bend or Portland, you know? So, uh, I'm sorry. No, and that's rad when, I mean, regardless, it's bands that you're excited about, you know, and so and your friends and oh, I mean, yeah. smaller venues, you know. Uh, we yeah, got- no doubt, yeah. Uh, we got some yeah. shout outs from Thomas Yuda. So let's read those real quick. Shout out from the two lonely boys in a canoe podcast. We love the big dirty. That's from uh, Thomas <laughs> gradient. And then, and then he also said, uh, Kai is the true dad boy bod rap God. So the dad bod rap dad God. Bod rap God. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you are a father yeah. now. So things are a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure not. I'm a father and an, and an expecting father. We have one and one on the way. So. Right. Oh wow. That's did that just did that news just break on the Spencer Rent podcast? That's exciting. Uh, I mean, I think yeah. I think I think officially, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been telling people close close to me, but uh, into the public yeah. now. Thirty two people know, and that's exciting stuff. So that is what's up. Yeah. So you had talked about uh, live shows at Lucky's. That was, or did you bring? You talked about the Architects. That was an every. Was it weekly forever, or was it monthly? It was weekly. It started on Tuesdays, and then it switched to Wednesdays, and then during its like, it's uh, it's like swan song. It it became like every other week. Right. I heard about you for the first time from one of my neighbors, and I I was starting to make hip hop music and. And we have totally different styles and whatnot, but, but, uh, yeah. but, but I listened to it and it was like, I was just sad. I was like, I guess I quit, you know, you know, you, you're a very talented artist and I, and we're going to talk, you, you know, you right. got stuff up on Spotify now and you can find yeah. that under KI design and we're going to play one of your mm-hmm. songs for the audio listeners today. But, uh, you know, I want to give uh talk about the mix genre shows. Let's talk about the big dirty and give some shout outs. The mix genre okay. shows are really cool. That's something that I've always thought that Eugene is the best about. You know, Eugene embraces yeah. the idea of a lot of different types of music can come together. You can have reggae mixed with jam band, mixed with hip hop, mixed with straight metal. You know, you know, if you want on on the same lineup, and people really dig it. And the Big Dirty is yeah. a venue since you guys are you know setting setting the lineups. The Big Dirty is a place that that is embraced, and and I love that. 
thanks thanks for for noticing that it's i i feel like eugene is a is a eclectic in its music taste and it's not a, a big market so if you're going to do something you can't be too niche you right. have to be kind of you got to hit a lot of targets and and like i don't know i'm i felt like once i was out of high school i stopped letting what genre i was into define my personality you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so like so like i'm i'm learning a lot through the people that i work with at the big dirty and that like again i can't take credit for the big dirty it's a huge team effort oh yeah my, absolutely my partner, matt and tex and alexis on booking and kenny and chino and all of our security staff our sound guy billy like it's the way i look at it is like they're, they're different parts of one working organism and we're like we all have a shared goal here of of doing exactly what you said which is like bring sort of the stuff that would normally skip over eugene here regardless of scene yeah. you know that you subscribe to you guys have done a good job of not making it a dive bar but there's dive bar elements like you know it's like there's nights where it's a higher class i don't want to say mm -hmm. class higher caliber of performer for for example if it's a higher cover it seems like it transitions really well where the same audience the same audience members get it you know and they're like i'm here to see you know dj abilities or something like that that's a big deal for people you know and then you know big shows like ender one i want to give a, sh a shout out to ender one that dude's record release show was off the hook you know yeah it was great and yeah. so i mean he's a local dude but he brings a draw you know, once or twice a year when he does a big drop, it's it's a big it's a big get. You know, that's a big outing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a top tier local cat. Yeah, he's you know? and like, He's local to us, but to a lot of his fans, he's not. So yeah. he's he's killing it out there. It's, I, I'm proud of him. It's good to see him out there killing it. You've been on a few tours. I know Ender's hit you know Canada and done all the way across the country. Talk about some of those experiences. Where have you gone? I've just kind of done DIY like I five stuff with like Sammy Warm Hands, and then did some stuff with the Architects. And uh, most of it was like the relationship between here, S Seattle, and like Central California. Most of it, you know, was was on that run Reno a couple of times. But like, um, I I toured and lived out of a suitcase like like a handful of times, and was like, I don't. Ever like, do I don't want to do this. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no desire. I like I, if like you know, I'd prefer to be a hometown hero and be able to right. sleep in my bed. So play tell me, shows when I want. Tell me how this whole thing came to be. I mean, I know that there's obviously like some business elements that are behind the scenes and stuff, but just an overview yeah. of. I mean, you know, were you just frustrated with trying to? I mean, playing at different venues and having to deal with that. Was there just this kind of? more or less like something inside of you that told me told you that you're like i have to do this you know how did it kind of come to be oh no it was a lot more serendipitous than that like obviously this is something that i've always wanted to do i've always thought about it but i i don't have means or capital or anything like that so like um i had to luckily get scouted by two guys that Funny story. Two guys wanted to start a place. They bring me in as a consultant to help with setting up the bar. We all start talking. Turns out I'm the perfect fit. I end up getting a piece of the ownership, and, and I'm the guy that runs the place day-to-day, -day, staffs it, comes up with order of operations, that type of stuff, and really implements everything. So the way I look at it is like I'm like the nervous system. So sure. I just make I do my best to make sure that – the information is getting received from, from channel to channel, you right, know? Right. And, uh, 
but like I can't take credit for all the bookings. That's a lot of that is the squad, you know, like Alexis does the majority of our bookings, Alexis Schuster, and she's fucking amazing. Yeah. She's super, super good and always looking out for us while also being <clears throat> like uh, an advocate for the artists and stuff that come through. And then Kenny Wilson, who you know from years of hip hop around here oh, yeah. and groups that he was in Animal Farm and Point Blank Rangers and stuff. He helps with the booking a lot. Right. Currently um, with Primates, who is a group that is hitting you yeah. do live band, live instrumentation, hip hop. It's awesome. Yeah. It's K really good. Yeah. Poison K yeah, Wills for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're Poison Quills. Yeah. They're, they're dropping a, they're dropping a, an album here pretty soon. Yeah. They're starting, there's stuff on Spotify under Primates as well. And um, yeah. I mean, if what you look, yeah, with an eight P R I M eight S, you know, yeah. Uh, no, there's, I mean, it's really good to see, but I think it was smart for the people that had the capital basically to see what your vision was. And, and a lot of times it's like, you're not going to get a better, uh, organizer than you, somebody that's done shows and that understands the, you know, the pros and cons of the way that things go. I mean, it's so difficult. You, you, you put so much time into putting these shows together as an artist for scraps a lot of times. And yeah. so when somebody actually has that experience, I think it really matters because I think it makes a big difference to, you know, treating people with dignity, telling them straight up, there's not a lot of money in this, in this night, you know, or whatever it is. You just yeah. tell people the truth. Don't lead them astray kind of thing. Oh, I'm transparent as hell. Like to, to, to the point where it probably gets me in trouble, you know, cause I'll be like, <laughs> Oh, we just, we can't afford that. And people are like, don't say that. And I'm like, it's Eugene, Oregon during a recession. Like yeah. <laughs> we're not throwing big money on the table right now, but the way, the way you look at like, you know, in the fall, we're a C list market in the, in the, in the winter, we're a D market. So like if you're touring and you got to stop in San Francisco and then you've got to stop in Portland, you got a day off in between, you can play for less money in Eugene, but still sell merch, still get a guarantee. Cause the way you look at it, if you're touring, if you're not, playing you're paying so it's like if you're asking for six grand in la you're not gonna get that in eugene just because the market doesn't have we can't right because that would mean that, okay with a 270 person capacity i'd have to charge x amount to make my profit margins but the economy can't support a 35 dollar ticket every week. in downtown yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like you the way I look at it too is like we're not just a music venue we're a bar and a music venue and that's because bars survive and music venues close yeah this, well and you, need, and you need somewhere that people you know some nights you don't want it to be crowded you want a place that you go to that it's i enjoy chill. a nice bar yeah yeah I, think when, when people, I can't say that this place is like built in my image it's a it's a cool vibe and i recognize that immediately but i think most people that know me saw the vibe in there and wasn't like oh ki this strikes me of ki because it's not it was a lot of artists that 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 were brought on and it was a lot of uh my partners that are that are really the the like detail oriented visionaries and i'm kind of like a hammer dude like i just kind of like this needs to be there we need this many people on the ground and then i surround myself with really talented people that are self-starters because we're all solution based because all of us know that this is a rising tide raises all ships. My 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 partners and everyone knows I'm not trying to get rich off this. I'm trying to get everyone around me a leg up. So if I need to make eighty thousand dollars so everyone can make fifty as opposed to making uh a hundred and twenty so everyone can make thirty, you know, like I'd rather help 
the squad you know absolutely it's all about community and then you know people recognize like even as the patrons if they're respected as being somebody that's part of the whole story of the venue you know what i mean that actually that actually is what makes it last you know so that's really this industry is a it's a big churn and burn industry and it, it sucks because some of the best ways to solidify yourself as like a standard in a in a town is to not have a bunch of turnover so people know who they're going to see and they're going to build a relationship as a barber you understand that oh, some yeah. people don't go to the barber shop they go to their barber they don't go to the bar they go to their bartender sure. you know so having some of the like best bartenders in town that i've had the pleasure of working with and coming up with and and teaching me what i know it's like it's impossible to to imagine a this place succeeding without like the, the the team that we have, you know, let's talk about the space. I didn't want to put pictures cause I want people to look at your website cause your website's so oh, well, yeah. so well done. So anybody that's in, it's curious cause it's super colorful, the stage, but they can go yeah. to your website. Uh, it, it just Google big, the big dirty Eugene. Uh, but let's talk about the space. Who designed the stage? The stage is extremely colorful. You talked about it. It's extremely artful. Uh, it's probably, so that's a, that's a, that's a group out of Rhode Island called Reliquarium, and they do uh, festival stages. So that was a stage from the Eclipse Festival that was repurposed to be our stage. And initially, we had commissioned them to just do the stage and kind of the bar, like spine thing with the the uh, bottle cabinets and stuff. And then COVID hit. And they had all this extra stuff, and we were just like, "We will take our, it. our partner Maddie and and Tex, the the our other partner was just like, let's just go hard." So originally, it was going to be a lot more Art Deco with psychedelic dollops here and there, right? And then when Reliquarium came in, we just went full like ayahuasca trip. Yeah, it's you awesome. Know, like it's just, awesome. And then Jason uh, Jason Magellan uh, is a, a lighting guy who's really reputable and done a lot of cool stuff, really talented dude, did all the lighting um, and a lot more in that place before he moved on to other things. Yeah, it's awesome. So I highly recommend anybody listening, go to the website. Is it, do you know the website URL offhand? The big dirty dot live. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and also go to a show, you know, check it out. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, so now, who are some of you had mentioned a few before, but who are some of the favorite acts that you've hosted at, at the Big Dirty? Um, man, there's a lot. Uh, I like some ones that I didn't know that that I discovered there were like Kendra Morris was super tight. I really enjoyed her, and I really enjoyed Les Special. These were some things that were outside of my normal genres that the team around me sort of. These are shows that they they put on with like fresh bacon and stuff and. They were really good. And then um, some of my favorites would be like, I love when DJ Abilities comes to town. That's always fun. Um, I loved uh, a lot of the primate shows that we did. Uh, Blockhead came through. That was really cool. Uh, what was the whole situation? The you had the whole, there's a mix up that was pretty frustrating that, that we, we could talk about. The hieroglyphics thing? Yeah. So during the, oh, the world championships, <clears throat> and this is, this goes into your honesty stuff, right? <clears throat> where you're just so blunt about it. I hope this isn't a sore spot, but it's interesting. I mean, it's just one of those things. I'm going to try not to, I'm going to try not to <laughs> your blood's upset bo- anybody. By your blood's boiling. Yeah. No, no, it's just, yeah. it's just no, the truth. Not boiling. It's just the truth. It's just what, what goes down mm-hmm. in these things. And this mm-hmm. is not. We're not trying to throw dirt on anybody, but during the world championships, right? So we had the the biggest track of it in the history of America of the United States uh, in Eugene, That's Oregon, 
which is pretty wild, <clears throat> hosted mm-hmm. the World Championships, and Hieroglyphics was going to play. What was the event called? There was an event that the city was putting on. And, uh, it was like summer or something. Yeah, like on the river, like the river walk, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so there mm-hmm. was some talk about them performing at that, and then a lot of buzz about them performing after the after party would be at the Big Dirty. But then that was just misinformation, right? How did that? How did that whole situation come to be? And how did it? You know, what was that all about? There was a promoter that works for them that contacted me and said, "Hey, they want to make an appearance." And I said, "Does an appearance include a performance?" We discussed price. We agreed on a price. We signed contracts. Then he calls me day of the show and said, oh, no, they just meant like come hang out at your bar. And I had to be like, I wouldn't give, you know, 10 cents to put cheese on a Whopper. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm I've, I'm only paying. I, I wouldn't pay anyone to hang out at my bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't that that's like paying for viewers or it just feels corny. You know, so I was like, I was paying them for a performance, a short performance, 30, 45 minutes. I understand that, like, you know, yeah, it, I'm not paying you a uh, top dollar price here, but they they discovered that and then kind of chewed him out. And then he had to come to me and be like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, so it was a big misunderstanding. But we had like we had not been allowed to advertise it ahead of time because they were performing at that Riverwalk one. And that, like, you, they cost. have a cutoff. Yeah. Exactly. So they have a cutoff time, and it was, like, noon the day of. So we announced it noon the day of who it was, and then they saw it, and we're like, what the fuck? We're not performing anywhere, right? So they called their dude, and then he oh, had to call man. me, and then it was just like this, which sucks because not only <clears throat> do, do, does it make us look bad, you know, but also that's a night that I could have booked. And... uh <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, leave in a comment. Yeah. I went to the Big Dirty one time, disappointingly clean. Uh, it's it, hey, people the, will come far and ride to poop there, dude. The bathrooms are freaking sweet, you know. But uh, that's not an invitation. Yeah, so, that's not an invitation to do so. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you buy a drink, dude, two drink minimum if you want to use the the shitter. But uh, <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, it's just you know those stories. There's a lot of tension and a lot of emotion that goes behind the scenes. And I think people have no concept of that about how promoters are told one thing and then the phone game, the telephone game happens and, and it, it's just well, and dealing with artists in general. Right. You know what it's I mean? A struggle. Like, it's you know, a struggle. I'm an artist and I'm like, yeah, no, but I have insurance and licenses and all the, all of the, I, right. I am too. I've been on both sides of it. You know what I mean? Like I've been, I've had to wait around until 2am to get paid out by some shady promoter. And I've had to wait around until 2am to pay somebody, you know right. what I mean? Like, so so but pl- I'm not a promoter. I'm just the owner. Right. One so, of them. So planning for this episode, uh, normally I would put in a lot more time re- doing research and stuff. And I just started feeling like shit. So I hired a robot. Uh, his name is Gary. And I'm going to have him now writing my copy. <clears throat> so this is my robot uh, uh, ga- uh, assistant, Gary. Actually, no. This is Hi, chat, chat GPT. You know, any <laughs> people have been talking about this a lot. There's now a, an app, or it's actually just kind of a website called Chat GPT. I'm calling it Gary. Uh, and you can type in any question you want, and it'll basically just spit out exactly what you ask. I mean, there's there's limitations, but this this artificial intelligence, this AI, is pretty creepy. So I wanted to use some examples of it and ask you some questions, uh, and it did a lot of the work for me today. All I wrote in the question box was questions for a hip-hop artist that owns a bar. That's simple. And these are some of the questions that it spit out. Uh, can you talk okay. about how your experience as a hip-hop artist influenced the creation of your venue? 
Um, I, I can't say that it influenced the creation so much as the direction of, of some of the stuff that we book and the people that I've hired. A lot of the people that I hired are, are involved in like the underground hip hop scene and summer. And I try to pick people from all over different genres of music scenes to be a part of it. But um, I, the, the cool thing about it is that I got the call to come in and talk to my, my now partners about the project because one of my old mixtapes was in the door of one of the guys see uh, things. Cause w one of the partners texts is he fixes turntables. One time I, he fixed one of my turntables. I gave him a CD. It was an old mixtape that had like a picture of like a, a, a homeless gentleman, like holding a sign that says KI design. And uh, it was like the first thing I put out when I moved here. And he was like, Oh, that guy's been in bars for a long time. Let's talk to him about it. You know? And that's kind of how it came together. So I guess in a way, just just being just being present for a long time yeah and, and just keep had i never wrapped and given him that cd i'd never be part owner of the big dirty you right. know so where did the name come from trailer park boys nice <laughs> nice yeah straight yeah, up uh, our one of our partners is a huge trailer park boys shout out to maddie and alexis and uh and the, the team you know that's awesome. Okay, another question from the the chat GPT. What was the biggest challenge you faced in starting and running your venue, and how did you overcome it? <sighs> You're right. Is it is it sometimes dealing with the location? I mean, sometimes dealing with uh, the again. This is another loaded question that I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. But this sure. is where being painfully honest comes right. becomes a problem. Don't get mad at me. This is the robot. You know, that asks I'm not question. mad at you. That I'm asks not the question. Mad. Yeah, this I'm is just, the robot. I'm just a passionate. I'm a passionate dude. Yeah. And um, I would say the biggest problem we had was when we first opened. We booked this one show, and it was sold out. And it was when we first opened, and one of the bands started claiming that our bartenders were drugging people, yeah. and they started taking to social media and sharing all these rumors and lies and crazy conspiracies, you know. And I had to like talk about it to like multiple news sources and, and I happily and willingly gave footage over to the police and uh, did everything accordingly. And there was, there was absolutely no foul play, but the, the thing that's the hardest is that when people cross over the threshold into an establishment, they almost relinquish all um, accountability for themselves. And now it's your responsibility. Like, I'm going to while out and it's your job to make sure that I'm safe about it. So like we do everything we can to keep it as safe as possible. But like, sometimes I feel like people let their guard down in, 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 in um, public spaces that no matter how much fun you're having, you should always keep your wits about you, you know, yeah. and have be accountable for yourself to some, to some degree. You know, and uh, that was the hardest part was was noticing that we spent all this time and money to build this place to cultivate art and to cater towards people who wanted to have a good time. And then to only see them like turn around and be like, you're the bad guy. And I'm like, wait, why would I protect anybody that was? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was doing shit like this. Right. I'm not victim blaming. I'm trying to establish that there is indeed a victim. I'm, I'm just going i'm just doing my diligence you know right. and so it was funny because a couple different news sources hit me up and i spoke to all of them because i don't run from shit i i'm happy to explain my position and 
one of them was the Daily Emerald, and they hit us up, and I was like, "Are you are you trying to do a smear campaign or what?" And they were like, "No, actually, these bands associated with this show have had reports of sexual assaults at all of their house shows, and now it seems like it followed over to your venue, which it didn't. It it was a big." It was it was not what happened, but they were like, and now we think they're trying to place the blame on you guys. Wow. And so I did an interview with the Daily Emerald. The article's still out there. And I think after a while, everybody kind of simmered down and realized that like we're on the same team. And like if if there is somebody doing shady shit, like I'm the first person who wants to know. Right. I'm the first and person and it's gonna throw be dealt with. Right. Because right. I use this to feed my daughter. You know, yeah. so like, yeah, we're not fucking around. This isn't like I'm not snorting coke in the back room and right. like, uh, right. like, and like hanging out with with uh, exotic dancers and shit. Like, I'm just a dude who goes to work and then begrudgingly does it every day because that's what the fuck you have to do. You have to do that. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Let's talk about uh, you know being in downtown Eugene. Uh, yeah, you know, downtown Eugene for a lot of people has gotten to a point where they just don't want to be there. I don't go out as much because I quit drinking mm-hmm. like six years ago. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, your place is the only place that I really do end up at, and it just it really is based on who's performing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because there's times that I just feel like I need to get out of the house. But yeah. downtown Eugene has changed. I mean, I, obviously, a nightlife is going to be a little bit more sus <laughs> you know just there's stuff going on that's questionable not i'm not talking about your bar i'm talking about just the streets like in barmuda no i know and, Our and right and it's difficult i mean but at the same time that's what you know culture is all about that's what what people are going there for is to see kind of the vibrance of of life you know and the different types of people but what are some of the challenges that you face you know dealing with some of the loitering and and people breaking stuff. I know that you guys got a, a cool new door, and then within like the first week, the glass was broken. You know, stuff like Here's that. Here's what I will say it's not all homeless people shitting on my doorstep, but it's only homeless people shitting on my doorstep. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it sucks because I know I'm going to catch some shit for that because, like, Although I am empathetic because I have been in between homes and I'm I'm not a man of means, um, the the way we just like uh, allow this antisocial behavior, but then we're expected to give them the full leniency of society. You know what I'm saying? So like it's 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 strange to me that like. It, it's clearly a problem if you're down there for more than five days. You know, like, okay, this is like a brunt of the problem. And it just seems like um, nothing is being done for the sake of fear of not appearing liberal enough, which I'm a left-leaning dude. But, like, there's this fear to of, like, this, like, it, it, I'm not, not trying to pull buzzword, but, like, to virtue signal about how how good a person is based off of how they treat our lowest performing citizen or whatever. Um, but like something has to be done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, it's so tough to it's, navigate. It's so tough, you know, because there's you want an economy or, and, and the thing is that the part that, and this could be my own, like my own head, but like you don't see this shit down at fifth street market. Yeah. And we have a police station right next door to us. <clears throat> 
nobody's getting arrested and nobody's you know like i had a guy smash a window i went out to confront him he wiped his hands on his ass got shit all over his hands slapped him on the wall and then squared up on me i mean that's like pretty- if i if i were to beat his ass yeah and that got on camera they'd be like the owner of the big dirty beats up poor homeless man like obviously there's the t- dude is insane and that sucks. Yeah. Like there was, like, well, and then, you know, there was that situation, Dizzy Dean's uh, in Eugene, that's yeah. 11th where, yeah. where, and this is nuanced and this is super nuanced. And it's, a, totally. it's, a, these situations aren't black and white. Uh, and I hate that expression. Cool? I hate that expression. No. I hate that expression. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. but, it, but the point is like at Dizzy Dean's, there was a person sitting out front that was in the cold and it seems, it sounds like they did light a fire that they did mm-hmm. th- this is what I, that they lit a fire and the owner came out super frustrated lost their shit and dumped water on them and said you know putting out the fire basically which is dehumanizing and i talked about this in the last episode that we have to as a society find ways that dehumanizing people is something that we can work towards not doing at all you know but oh, there's these yeah. but you know here's these situations where it's like when this person is dehumanizing me, you know, by acting like abhorrent, what do you do? Like where you're like, they're right. not, you know, I mean, ah, it's a difficult thing. And I can imagine it's, it's, it's a challenge. And I'm, and I'm sympathetic towards it. I don't think throwing them in jail is what you do. I don't, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think like, you know, Springfield yeah. enacted a no panhandling thing and the Washburn district is clean much, and people go down there and they, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, yeah, when I interviewed I'm all the, for building, I'm all for building clean shooting sites. I'm all for, for, for all of these things that help them in their situation, but I'm not for just letting people bust out my windows with no repercussions. There was that guy that stabbed a, 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 a girl or another guy like in some parking lot. And it was all over like the security stuff downtown. We're all aware of it. Right. And then he's out the next night. Dude, yeah. just stab somebody. Yeah, you know the, what I mean. The, like, they're talking about the big manhunt, right? Like the guy that was caught yeah. in, in Grant's Pass. Uh, what was his name? Like Benjamin Foster or something like that. No, and, not that guy. This is a different oh, okay. guy. But there was but a yeah. Di- yeah. Like, People get released all the time. That's all we could be. I mean, obviously, me and you, two kids with a background in like making hip hop and punk rock music. Like we, yeah. You know, we've been speaking out about. It's funny how. I'm not like super anti police. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti cop. I'm not pro. I mean, I, yeah. I I understand the nuance, and I think there's a need for them. And we're in a really difficult time in in our society where we're like looking at it like, is this the only approach? The problem is is, and I don't want to get too political because I don't know that that's not your wheelhouse. But the problem is is once anyone recommends solutions, what does that take? It takes funding. It takes resources and nobody wants to foot the bill. Nobody wants to. And not only does nobody want to foot the bill, nobody wants to ask the people with the means to foot the bill because the people that actually could afford to, you know, pay for all this shit by paying their fair share of taxes that they, that they're not currently paying, you know, it's just not going to happen. And now we have to spend, now we have to spend the money to, to shoot down, uh, Chinese balloons uh, and mm-hmm. so it's, I don't know. We're in a, we're not the, you got a couple cool TikToks out of it though. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I was thinking about making a, a reel with that one where you zoom in and it's like, what is on that Chinese balloon? You zoom in, you zoom in and it says, uh, we're just here to tell you that your car warranty has expired, nice. you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but, or, uh, you know, watch, watch spent the red podcast. Right. 
Yeah, something something fun like that. Yeah. Uh, can mm-hmm. you tell us about the atmosphere? This is a G- another question from from Gary, the Chat GPT robot. Uh, can you tell us about the atmosphere and the vibe that you aim to create at your venue and how you achieve that? We talked about the mixed genres. We talked about the colorful stage and the and the talented staff and uh, management and ownership. Uh, talk about the atmosphere, the vibe, um, and all that good stuff. I don't know the, the lingo. Obviously, the visuals are something that are a big part of what we do. Like, there's a lot of textures going on and, and uh, um, a lot to look at, you know. And um, that's that's mostly for shows and things like that. And then um, the atmosphere that I'm trying to create is, like, during the day, it's a lounge, and you can come hang out. There's comfortable couches. There's good food. We have a food cart out back with El Quetzal. Shout out to El, El Quetzal. They're they're amazing. And then, um, you know, and then so making it really loungy. We're investing in some games and stuff um, downstairs to make it so even if you don't want to see a show, you can come hang out, you know. And um, I'm trying to create a space that anyone, any genre will fit into. So it doesn't seem when people first see it, I think people initially go like, oh, EDM, you know, like it looks like a festival. But then you get an indie band up there and you're like, wow, this looks really good. And almost every band that or or DJ or artist, whatever, has come through for the next like tour run that they have. All of their pictures are on that stage. (laughs) Right. So we know we have something with like our our branding is good. If yeah. you saw that out there, you would go like, that's the big dirty. The same way when you see an Nkasi poster, you're like, oh yeah, I can tell that's. Yeah, the aesthetic is there for sure. There's no- It's there, yeah. And it's scalable and all of these things. And we're just trying to create a space that's like comfortable and fun and safe, but also not going to pander to the lowest common denominator and like. Um, kind of bring a little a little bit of blend to the quality control of like local shows meets big shows because like a lot of people when they get to a place where they have a nice space they kind of want to abandon the local scene and we don't want to do that like I am a big part of the local scene and have been for a long time and I'm a strong advocate for it and um, I've always had a hard time with people being like oh the hip-hop scene in Eugene sucks and it's like you're saying that from behind a computer, like yeah, put on a show yeah, you, or, do go, or go to one. And it may not go be, it may not yeah, be what like, your expectations are, but the talent is incredible. Is it? There's some really good MCs out here, yeah. man. Like, a, a, like a, a, some of my favorite, for instance, who doesn't even MC anymore. Undermind is one of the most naturally gifted MCs I've ever met in my entire life. Crossing genres like dudes, incredibly talented and like should have more, local rep than he does you know what i'm saying when you're humble that that's the hard thing with hip-hop is that when you're humble and you and people are and you're accessible to your audience yeah it's a it's a it's a subconscious turnoff sometimes i swear i think that you localize yourself which i would not change that's the thing i love about you that's the thing i love about and undermined and even though my i never had an illusion that my music would go somewhere there's a fun dream where you're doing it but I also will never give up that integrity. I will always just do what I want to do because I like it. That's what it's. That's yeah. the, that's what art's supposed to be. Undermind yeah. is undermined is a big part of of Eugene's hip hop story, and there's no two ways about it. And he's like three feet for tall. sure. And he's like three he's, feet tall. Yeah, and he's one of the most talented dudes I've ever met, even like outside of Eugene. Yeah. Like, yeah. At your sw- to- at your service is his live stream on Twitch. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's it's a big deal. It's huge. We used to like 
be writing architects projects and be recording. And he would just show up blacked out one day and freestyle all of his verses. And they would be like the best verses. And on I the like album. how you say one day, not one night. It was no, no. It yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> it was it was noon. It was noon. Yeah. Uh, Undy likes to party, dude. Yeah. I I know. I was that kid for a long yeah. time, you know. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't make beats with a flute like undermined, which is incredible. But, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, let's see if we got, Oh, okay. The last question from, from Gary, the cheap, the chat GPT robot, what are your plans for future growth and development of the venue? So right now we're investing in the game room downstairs. We're working with sling and wiener, uh, to potentially put together some sort of m menu for a better food menu inside the bar. Um, and then we're working on the back patio right now. So doing a lot of, um, just expanding, you know, like to, to accommodate more people. Cause we're aware that some of our limitations is our, our size, you know, like it's not a, a huge capacity venue, which for Eugene is great because yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to stack a room 600 people plus seven nights a week, you know, and I don't think there's anyone else in town that's doing an event seven nights a week, you know? So, um, we're just trying to expand it and and grow it and team up with more local businesses to do more showcases and right. just fun fun ideas that aren't limited to music. We we do stand up comedy, we do burlesque, we do you know variety shows, we do all types of stuff, and we just want people to know that like no matter how weird your idea sounds, send it in and let's see what we can come up with because that's a good sometimes things stick. That's a good segue for a call to action. Let's talk about how if artists, independent, local, or if you're listening, you're not, not in the area uh, and you're touring and you want to talk to uh, the people at the Big Dirty, how would people go about that? How would they find you? And, and you said that, what was the booking uh, uh, person's name? Alexis. Alexis. So just go to the Big Dirty's website. Would that be the best way to? to yeah, just... yeah. You can do it through the website, um, thebigdirty.live. You can also email bookings with an S. Uh, at the big dirty dot live and then we'll send you a form to fill out we have an online form that you can fill out that kind of like helps us gauge like because a lot of people will be like hey i want to do a show and then we'll go like okay what date did you have in mind they're like uh what and then they're like you know because they're not sure used to doing it and that's okay you know like we're happy to to help you develop something good you know but um there's a lot of different ways to book a show, you know? So I love that because sometimes with artists, they're the shy kid that's finally coming out of their shell. And so when they're starting out making music, especially with young hip hop artists mm -hmm. and for you to give them a stage is huge. And that's what I try to do with this podcast is to elevate yeah. voices of people, uh, the underrepresented, which by what I meant by that is really just people that don't get a lot of, don't get hour long interviews. A lot of times. I mean, this is a treat sure. to be able to hear what you have to say about this, because every time I've talked to you about it, you've been running around, uh, at the bar, you know, you know, doing, doing six still very often. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but it's cool to thing. see. And I'm really proud of what you guys have been able to build. Thanks, man. You too. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. You know, what do we have uh, coming up? What is the 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 next big night that uh, you want to give a shout out about? Tonight's glam. So, so okay, drag show with dance party with DJ Super John. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so that's Saturday night, February fourth. Yep. And then um, Sunday we have some some electronic stuff coming through. I believe it's Voltage. Uh. Wilton Bloom, yeah, Voltage. Oh, cool. Then we've got Burlesque on Thursday. We've got Wednesday, every Wednesday is karaoke. Every Tuesday is salsa dancing. Monday is trivia. Wow. If you come on trivia and you win, you get 
um, ticket vouchers for up to $10. So you can get in free to a $10 show or $10 off any ticket. So if there's like a $25, $30 show, you can get in for, for, for cheaper. That's cool. Um, yeah, we've got so, that Andy Frasco show coming through. You you got guys, a lot of cool do you, are you guys doing comedy there too? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know Seth Milstein? I, I'm, I think, is that who Thomas interviewed? Maybe. I'm not maybe, sure. maybe. Seth Milstein's a local comic, been doing it for a long time. He brings us shows every once in a while, and we, we do them at the Big Dirty. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. huge, there's a growing comedy scene in Eugene for sure. I If there was one thing I could do for the rest of my life, it would get good get good at comedy. Me but too. It's, that's a dream. It's a it's a, a nightmare too. I mean, it's like one of the, it, something I've always wanted to do. But you, you have that, that ability because I think that what it takes is that you have to be humble and cocky at the same time. And you sometimes... Are, are really good at managing that. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Uh, I think it's just self-aware. Yeah. Like, no, but it's, like, you have to be tough. You have to be tough. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm the youngest of five brothers. I've sure. been roasted into oblivion and right. I was a battle rapper for a long time. There's nothing you can say to me yeah. that, and growing up looking like this in central California. <laughs> yeah. Being like, I rap like, dude, I got ripped on by my best friends harder than anything. Any strangers oh, ever yeah. going to say, well, you know? uh, but then anybody that listens to your music and for the audio listeners, you're going to get to for the video, you know, if you're watching this, you're, you're going to have to go look up KI design, KI design on uh, Spotify, but you've got some bars, you've got the talent to, so I know Thanks, that in man. battle rap, I'm sure that uh, people that underestimate you, it doesn't end well for them, you know, but uh, well, Hey, thank you so much. It's been a treat to chat with you. Uh, Thanks we're gonna, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We're going to get out of here. All right, man. So we're going to end this with a song, and I chose this song. Is this your group Architects, or is it just your solo song? Is it the Claw Marks? It's Claw Marks, yeah. It's a solo. So I, I wrote that when I was like 16. Yeah, this so is an old song. This is an absolute over, throwback. Over 20 years old. Almost. Yeah, so it's a treat. I mean, to full disclosure, yeah. it was the first one I found on YouTube when I looked. There, You do yeah. have a lot of old music, especially with the Architects, but... You know, mm-hmm. you put a lot of resources into making music videos and sometimes it's just not worth the payout. So plus your oh, totally. focus is on this venue. Hopefully you yep. are going to be making a new album because I love your music. I uh, am working on some new stuff. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled. Everyone listen in for that. KI Design, thank you so much. This is, uh, we're going to end this with a song. This is the song Claw Marks by KI Design. Paradise is lost. I'm paralyzed by the imperative cause. Just sharing a coffin with the gods that I've crossed. And day by day, I'm looking for another outlet. I shout, but I've yet to be heard. The fear of flying, broken wings of a bird. The feelings are nerved, absurd with my words A pseudo-intellectual that's just dying to serve A fallen angel, faith filled with flaws and misfortune Claw marks on the side of the well The feeble attempts of the tortured Swords drawn to the necks of the demons Another metaphor for me just trying to protect all my feelings A criminal dealings led us to the brink that's demonic Born an angel but I'm bringing back that plague that's bubonic The prophet like the narcotic product you got up in your pocket With more shock value than an electrical socket The angel act that dropped it like the sword of fucking Loki So I'm while you're on your deathbed, speak those words that you told me. You remember? You told me that I was like an angel. You told me, you told me, you told me. You told me, you told me, you told me. You told me, you told me. We're just trying to make maniacal, economically viable You gotta trigger, try to pull, we walk away laughing Blasting all we're rapping, breaking down the fashion of this fascist passion Last and never passing out, and this is what I'm about It's raw adrenaline, I'm fiddling with